Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, we're continuing our series today on the four keeps of motherhood. And today we're going to encourage you to keep relating. For that, we have a very special guest. Ms. Jen Babakan is our guest today on the podcast. And we are talking, she has a really similar journey that Rebecca and I have both had of sort of being surprised by stay-at-home motherhood, maybe it having not been totally in your plan and falling into it. So mm-hmm. we thought... Um, before we start talking with Jen, we realized we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, like yep. our own journeys of it. So Rebecca, tell us a little bit about how you became a stay-at-home mom. So I'll start off with, my husband and I were married for almost 10 years before we had kids. And I never, first off, I never knew whether I was going to have kids or not. Mm-hmm. Like I just didn't know, like that you didn't was, know if you wanted to. Yeah. 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 So, like that, so I wrestled with that for a while. And then once we decided to, I definitely decided that I wasn't going to be a stay-at-home mom. Like that, like famous last words, right? So I'm not going <laughs> to, so I, I was in full-time ministry, working in the church world, all of that stuff. Um, and about a couple years into being a mom, um, some some layoffs and stuff happened at the church where I worked and I found myself unexpectedly a stay at home mom. And that was six years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm here. I am still <laughs> well, at the time. Yeah. Your son was having like a lot of things with doctor's appointments and stuff. Yeah. So my son was born about the same time. My second child was born about the same time. And, um, he was born with, he's fine now, but he was born with some issues that had required surgery and a bunch of rehabilitation and stuff. So God had it in his plans for, cause that was my full-time job for like the first two, yeah. two years of his life. And so since then it's, um, I just have found myself in this spot because I haven't like, it, it's just worked for our family. And so yeah. we've stayed here. And so it has been a journey. I will say my first few years of it, I was, um, it wasn't what I expected and what I wanted. And so it took me a while to grieve the process of this is now where God wants me. And it's not what I expected. So I yeah. guess it's kind of been my journey for the past six years. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I mean, I, I, I knew like hypothetically I wanted to be a mom, but then when it actually was like, okay, it's time to start trying for kids. I was like, no, 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 no. Cause I never really like actually thought it through of like, everything's going to change. And like, you know, I have issues with my own family of origin. And what if I put those on my kids, you know, really common stuff. And then, um, I got pregnant with twins the first time we ever tried. And, um, (laughs) very quickly I had been working as a, a food stylist, which is pretty much a freelance job unless you work for a really big company. Um, and so, I mean, you know, freelance schedule, it's like, I was either working like sometimes twice a month, sometimes six days a week. Like it just was all over the place. And it just got to be, it was so erratic and not family, um, not family friendly. And then when I found out I was having twins, it was just like, Oh, well I like can't do this anymore. And then the cost of childcare for newborn twins was like way more than I ever made. And so it was just very much like, well, I guess this is what I'm doing. And yeah, I had a really, I mean, honestly, I still have a hard time with it. Like I still don't, I do feel it's weird saying like, I feel called to be a stay at home mom in air quotes. Cause I, I feel assigned to it, but I don't feel called to it. And, um, so it's just, it is a struggle for yeah. me a lot. Um, yeah. so that's like a little bit of our background. We yeah. know that we haven't really shared that and yeah. kind of the heart behind the series too, yeah. because we need this series. Yes. So Jen, <laughs> would you share a little bit about your journey too? And just where you are? Sure. Right now? 
Yeah, you know, mine is so similar to what you both just shared. I um, feel like I kind of fell into it as well when my first son, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. When I was pregnant with my son, I was a third grade teacher and that was pretty much my dream job. It's what I had always wanted to do, even though I had another career prior to that in marketing. I left that career to become a teacher because I felt like teaching was the call put on my life. And so, um, so when I got pregnant with, um, with my first son, um, my husband and I had been married for almost five years at the time. We both felt established in our careers enough to move forward with having a family. And it seemed like this is the logical next step, right? I was going to have this baby. I was going to start our family. And then I was going to either place him in daycare or a child center. And I was going to go right back after my maternity leave. And what ended up happening was, you know, the moment that I held him in my arms, something in my soul just said, I can't go back to work. There's no way I can go back to work. Um, And then, you know, the other part of my brain was like, you've worked so hard to become a teacher. You went to night school to get your credential. Um, You know, our family needs your income. What, what are you even thinking right now? Um, And so that was, that happened pretty immediately for me that, that the love that I felt for him was just so overwhelming. And I, it was, I knew that I would love my child. I just don't think that I anticipated it being this all-encompassing, overwhelming tidal wave of love type of a thing. Um, And what ended up happening was I I took my maternity leave. I was on my maternity leave. And right around three months old, my son developed a really severe um, dairy intolerance. And it caused him to bleed internally. And we didn't know what the cause was at the time. We just knew that that he was bleeding. And that, of course, sent me as a new mom into uh, Google Overdrive. We took him to every kind of specialist. Um, and finally, you know, I did the research and realized it's got to be, I was breastfeeding. So I thought, you know, it's it's got to be the dairy in my milk. Um, you know, through that period of time, I went on the, the, um, the diet where you eliminate all the top eight allergens. I mean, I was eating turkey and green beans for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was like, I was, I, it was, it was a nightmare. And everybody kept saying, gosh, you dropped the baby weight like crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm only eating turkey and green beans. Like you'd be amazed what that'll do. Um, and so, you know, it became really, really evident to me that it no longer was just a desire for me to stay home, but it was an absolute need because I was not going to be able to trust. He was on a special hypoallergenic formula. I supplemented with that because my breast milk, I think probably from the stress, never fully came in. Um, and so I just knew, you know, I can't trust his care with just anybody and I can't leave him. Uh, it just it just confirmed yeah. all of that for me. It was like, I cannot leave my child. And so yeah. uh, really it was a step of faith. I had to just resign from my teaching career and I resigned the year that I got tenure and it felt oh, like, no. Oh, it just, it was one of those yeah. things where I grappled with that and I felt such grief, um, over it. And then I felt shame and guilt for the grief because mm-hmm. I knew I loved my child so, so much. Uh, so why wasn't I able to just step into this new role seamlessly with joy and run through a field with him and be like, we're on an endless summer vacation. You know, I mean, it just, it, it, um, for me, there were moments of that. There were moments of, I can't believe I get to do this and I can't believe it's just me and my baby forever. And then there were also moments of, Oh my gosh, I 
feel like something's just died and I cannot put my finger on all the things that that is. So yeah, it was a, it was a hard transition for me. And that's really what led me to write the book because I just thought I can't be alone in feeling like this. I sure hoped I wasn't. Um, and so writing was really healing for me at that time too. Yeah. I think that, um, it's, it's so interesting because I feel like we, we feel like we should, um, a hundred percent feel grateful and thankful that this is, um, what we get to do and, and the flexibility in our schedules. And there are some people that don't get to make this choice, you know, they don't have the ability to make this choice for whatever reason. And not just the people who choose to, to not stay home, but like there are people that would love to stay home and can't. So there's constantly this feeling of, well, I should be grateful and thankful. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this a lot. We talked about this today when I had a giant meltdown with my kids at the pool and I was like, get me out of here. How much longer is summer? And then I, I immediately was like, I feel so guilty. Like, I get to take my kids to the pool, like lucky yeah. me, you know. And uh. yeah, and then on the other side of it, there it is a it, it is a feeling of a death. Like it's mm-hmm. the way right. you, the way you were explaining. I definitely felt that. I felt like there was a there was a part of me and in a life that had died. Um, and like yes. coming to grips with that, while at the same time feeling the joy and the love and the and the ability to be with your kid on a regular basis, it was and for you and for me as well with my son, like you you know you know that them being with you, you're the best one to take care of them when they're when they have those kind of health issues, and so it's it, it constantly your heart feels torn between. Um, how you should be feeling. (laughs) So I think it's great. I think your book's great. And I think this conversation's great because I think a lot of women, um, feel, um, shame around, um, feeling a sadness. Like they feel like they shouldn't feel sad. And absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, and that was definitely, that was so real for me because like you just said, so many women want to be in our shoes. So many women want to be, um, at home with their kids. And I had, uh, people repeatedly tell me how blessed I was and how lucky I was. Isn't that and they, <laughs> Yeah, and they wish so they could do the same thing. And I never knew how to respond, you know, because um, I definitely felt blessed and all of that. But it, you know, I mean, let's be real. It doesn't always feel like a bucket full of blessings, you know. I mean, being home with, with kids and, and babies and little ones all day, you know, you miss that um, – you miss that community that you built in a workplace. You know, I mean, yeah. for me, I had coworkers that we were all like-minded and we all uh, supported one another. You know, there were, you know, talking with other teachers, you know, just at recess or on our lunch breaks yeah. or whatever school events. So losing all of that and losing the built-in community that you have, um, as, as a working woman it is really devastating when all of that just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so how long ago was it, was that? So how many kids do you have now and how, what's the span there? Sure. I have, I have two, uh, two sons now and my, um, my oldest is seven and a half. Okay. And my youngest will be four, will be five, excuse me, very shortly. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's been, you made that decision about seven years ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's similar. And that, that mine's been about seven mm-hmm. years as well. So it's a journey because I still, you know, the, at the beginning, it was it was really hard. And it's it's become easier and easier. And I've, I've like grown into the role. And yes. um, and, it, and it gets easier. And you find your community gets easier when they're not babies anymore, too. Yes, um, amen. But <laughs> there's still this and now but now both my kids are in school full time. And so right. there's this feeling of should I should I do something different now? 
Um, should I be, should I be looking for a job? Should I continue this? Like, should I just have outlets like I do here with the podcast? Like, so now I feel like, I feel like every few years you're having to like, just, um, decide what's the next step versus if you're in a career and you're project, you're like mm-hmm. moving forward in that career. Like if you're a third grade teacher and you're, you made tenure, you're a third grade right. teacher, but I feel right. like I'm constantly like reassessing, is this the right thing for our family? I'm not saying they don't do that too. Cause they do, but, um, no, I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah you're constantly just like, I, at least I find myself constantly like, okay, is this still the right thing for us? Um, and is this the right thing for me and for the kids and all of that? And so. it's that thing where you're like, this is really hard. So does that mean I need to lean into it? Or does it mean that maybe it's not for me? Yeah. That's, I think, a really tricky thing. And then as Christians, when God, you know, when God's involved in your decision making, whereas it might not be for like a person who isn't a Christian, it's like, then you're like, I always think God's like trying to stretch me or teach me. He clearly wants me to be here because this is hard. So that's how I know. And it's like, that's not always true either. So, but I like what you said about um, the community, because that's kind of what we Mm -hmm. wanted to talk to you about specifically and keep relating. Cause I know for me, if I kind of, my kids are four and a half. So I've pretty much eh, almost five years. I've been a stay at home mom because when I was pregnant, I kind of had to stop working. So, but, um, I just have any kids yet, which was weird and boring, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the thing with community, I mean, that is out of everything I've done with having like newborn kids in the NICU and like physical therapy appointments and all the issues and, and they're fine. Like, they, but you know, all the issues with like preemie stuff, the hardest part was not having people. Yeah. Right. I mean, really, and it's weird to think back on that because it's like I was doing things I never thought I was capable of, but the hardest part was feeling lonely and feeling like I was alone. So I know how I kind of piecemealed my community, but I'm kind of curious how you guys have done that. You know, for me, in the very beginning, I mean, as soon as you have a baby, everybody wants to come over and hang out, right? And I feel like those first days after um, he was born, it's just a blur. Like, I feel like my life was just so turned upside down that that's not necessarily what I needed community. You know what I mean? I yeah. think I was just trying to gain my, my bearings and get my feet back on solid ground again after mm-hmm. this like life altering experience. Um, it wasn't until, you know, really things started getting real that I felt like this is what I need community. And, you know, what ended up happening for me is that you know, I, um, a lot of those friendships that I had, um, you know, in my work world, they faded away, you know, because, because they, after I had my son in fall. And so really the only opportunities for me to, uh, interact with them is when they were on Christmas break or when they had spring break or when they had summer break. And I have a couple of, of good, you know, uh, solid girlfriends, um, that were also teacher friends of mine that even on those breaks, they would make every effort to reach out to me and get in touch with me. But the, um, you know, sometimes I feel like the community that I lost, you know, they may not have all been real deep relationships, but they mattered. You know, Mm -hmm. once they faded away, whatever humor, lightheartedness or whatever they they offered to me on a daily basis, you know, that was gone. Um, And so what I found is that when my son was, you know, old enough to where I, you know, was getting that mom thing down, I was able to put him in the car seat put all 80 straps on him, <laughs> get him, get him out the door. Um, you know, I, I tried a few times and will honestly say I failed because I wanted this instant made community. I wanted to go and find girlfriends 
ones that were going to last a lifetime. I wanted us to all think the same way. I wanted us to mother the same way. Um, and when it, when I couldn't find that, it, it was really hard for me. It, it only accentuated the loneliness that I felt because, you know, my decision to co-sleep with my son or my decision to breastfeed for, you know, whatever, I felt like amongst the mothers that I was in community with, you know, or trying to be in community with, if we didn't all agree on that, it felt like there was some judgment there or there were just barriers there. So the community that I experienced during that time, um, or like I said, tried to make during that time, um, it was difficult because I, I sensed judgment. And if I'm being honest, I think it probably was me judging myself a little bit just because I hadn't grown into my own skin as a mom. I think we judge our decisions the hardest. And even when we know in our core it's right. We want everybody else to do the same thing just to confirm and validate us, right? We want everybody to make these same decisions with us and all of us just, you know, raise our kids the same way so we can all be best friends and do the same thing and, you know, all of that. But at that time, community was hard to come by. I, I felt judged. I judged myself. It was just a really lonely time. It was a real lonely time. And Thankfully, I've moved beyond that and, you know, my kids are older now and and I have found community. But when I was first starting out, I almost feel like I was so desperate for it that I didn't even know how to go about it um, in a way that felt real for me or authentic for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, um, so I struggled, obviously, because I hadn't planned on staying home. And it wasn't a decision I had made. And so I, and I'm an extrovert. So I, I really struggled. And when I just had, when I just had my daughter and she was two when it happened and, you know, two-year-olds aren't the same as adult, um, you know, community. Mm -hmm. And, and I had a very tight group of women that I worked with. And through that also like friendships branched out of that because I worked for my church. Right. Okay. Right. So, so it's like uh, my whole world was that. And, and when, when I lost it, there was this, um, yeah, it's just this deep sense of, um, now where do I find anything that can be anything close to that? So I, I, I feel a lot like you did that, that I, it, I tried a few things and it never instantaneously happened. So, I mean, and I had a few friendships that I'm still friends with now that that was not the case. And I feel like I was probably like a super needy friend. Um, now looking back on it, because my husband traveled a ton for work yeah. and so he was never home and that he, he is now, but he was never home then. And I had a two year old and I was pregnant with a baby who had some medical issues, you know? And so, mm. and so it was, I was needy. And right, so there yeah. was like this mix of, I wanted friends desperately because I do not do well when I'm by myself. I don't need to be alone with my thoughts. Like, it's just not good for me. And so, so I was desperately craving community. And then on top of that, I was, I was pushing, probably pushing people away because I was so desperately in need of it. So I guess my question is like, how do we like find that balance between, yes, we need community and we need to like search for it. And we only have so much time to invest, but we also don't want like, to be like this, that, that friend that screams, I need friends. Does that make sense? Like, right. Because, yeah. Because yeah. community is give and take, right? Cause we have to give too. For sure. It's totally valid. My personal experience was until I, how do I want to say this? Until I got closer to God 
and allowed him to be all that he wanted to be in my life. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, made the decision to become a stay at home mom or, you know, God was like, basically, this is what we're doing. So come along for the ride. Yeah. Um, I struggled with that and I, you know, fought with God internally for a long time. It was really, really difficult. I, you know, I talk about in the book, I tried to find every stay at home work, you know, working job that you can imagine. And I just kept getting rejection after rejection. Yeah. And it was like, God was trying to tell me, okay, you're still not getting this. Like you are going to stay home and we're going to find contentment here. You're going to find contentment with me, not in the title, not in who you are to other people, but who you are in me, who you are in Christ. And so I had to sit with that for a while and it was really hard. And it was one of those things where I when I finally made peace with God about, about this, this whole thing that had happened. And I finally got past, you know, that little bit of anger of like, why can't I have it all? Why is it that I'm not able to do what everybody else is and they're able to, to work and have their, their, their children. And, you know, all of the things that I think as a society is kind of ground into our heads of like, you can have it all, you can work, you can have your children, you can do everything. When God was telling me, you know, no, you're, you'll have it all, but not at the same time, you know, and, and he's going to dictate what I have and when, because he knows best. He knows what's best for us. And so when I finally got past the anger and drew close to Christ in a way that I never had before, when I let him be the friend that I was seeking, let him fill me in all the ways that um, I was looking for others to do, that was when I no longer felt a desperate need for outside friendships. Yeah. That was when I finally was like, you know what? If they come along, if friends, you know, friendships come along and I still prayed for them. I still prayed that God would give me, um, some girlfriends that I could, uh, you know, that I could call up that I could, that I could text about the latest sale at, you know, at target or whatever. I, I, you know, I, I still prayed for that. But I no longer had this sense of desperation about it and just felt like if they come along, great. If not, that's fine. I've got everything I need. Mm -hmm. And I found a real, real sense of contentment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be honest, I had not found um, community. I I did not find community until I did that. And community looks very different for me. Um, then I think most stay at home moms for a long time, it looks simply like my online moms group. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the women in this group are all over the United States and we all join together online, um, on the bump. I don't know if you, you guys yeah. know about the bump.com. Yeah. We all were in that same bump group that, you know, we're having babies the same month and we started a Facebook group and we were, I mean, we've seen each other through, some really, um, some really hard things. And for a long time, that's all I had, you know, I had my, my Facebook moms group and it felt a little bit, uh, I don't know. It felt a little bit weird to be like, Oh yeah, well, these people are really my friends. You know, I've never <laughs> yeah. met them in person. Yeah. Um, but they really were, I mean, these, these are women that we've seen one another through, uh, the death of, um, of babies. We've seen one another through the death of, of, um, you know, our parents and all sorts of things, just really hard things, divorces, remarriages, you name it. So, so they were enough for me during that time. Um, and 
it, and gosh, just in the last, I don't, I don't know, maybe year, I finally have found a group of homeschooling moms like myself that, um, you know, that we meet a couple times a month and, and I'm finding friendship and community there. And so it's just a breath of fresh air because it's something that I wanted for so long and something I prayed about for so long, but God's timing is God's timing. And it showed up when it showed up, but he was faithful in, in that in-between time to say, you know, draw near to me. I'm literally all you need. It's just going to matter. It's just going to, you know, be you believing it and you committing to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, I, so, um, I am definitely very goals oriented and production oriented and, and achievement focused. And so the, the whole question of, so what do you do? You know, like that's a part of like, when you meet people, like it it was, that was a very difficult, it's still a difficult question for me because I always wanted to have all the things to say. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just say, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Well, like, and also yeah. societal. I mean, it's not exactly yes. a corner of your position. Yeah. So I felt like I had to make all these qualifiers on it. So mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't comfortable in my status of mm-hmm. what my role was. And until I could be comfortable in that, and I still struggle. This is a major struggle of mine because that's yeah. just a lifelong struggle of mine is 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 how I feel like people perceive me. And She's the way. a three on the Enneagram. I'm a three on the Enneagram. And so so I, I definitely want people to see me as accomplished. Yeah. Like that's a struggle right. of mine that I will, yeah. struggle with and and I've become healthier and healthier and healthier with it but it's still a struggle but until I could come to terms with that God still sees me the same and mm-hmm. he still loves me the same and no matter what I do whether um it's being a stay-at-home mom or I add this job or I add this job it, it's, God still sees me the same and until exactly. I can see myself the way he sees me which is uh, still a work in progress for me but until I could do that like I couldn't build deep friendships with other moms because I had to be secure in who I was and who and what he had called me to do um and you know there's this also this sense of like um for me it's maybe not for other people that a failure like mm-hmm. so that this is this is my my position now, if you want to call it that, my role now, and that's not good enough. And I had to constantly like tell myself that it doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether I'm working at home or a stay at home mom or working part time or working from home. Uh, God sees God sees me as deeply loved, no matter what, and I have a position with Him, no matter what, and I'm gifted and I'm called all these things and. I mean, for the most part, I'm called to be a mom to raise my children and to see that as a high calling and as just as a high calling as anything else has been a constant work in progress for me, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I think that's the struggle. And I think society tends to believe that men are the only ones that struggle with this. Men are the ones that their career and their status and whatever else, you know, that's, that's important for them. But, you know, us moms, when we, when we become moms, that's, that's when all of that kind of fades away. And we are happy with, you know, a white picket fence and making cookies and, yeah. you know, this sort of thing. And, um, and so that, that's part of where I think the guilt and the shame comes from, too, is that we, in the past, I don't think it's been said that it's okay for us to say, you know, I miss my career. I miss feeling that sense of achievement. I worry that I'm um, losing my place in the work world. What if I want to go back? What's going to happen then? You know, have I lost my footing all of this time and everybody else is, you know, is making all of these achievements and earning all of these awards or doing whatever. And I'm over here 
you know, rinsing out sippy cups and taking my 20th trip to Target this week, you know? So, um, so that's just a really, a really valid thing that I think a lot of, um, a lot of women do. And I did the same thing when people would come up and ask me about, you know, what I did or, um, you know, what my plans were. Cause I got the question a lot. Well, as soon as, you know, as soon as my oldest, as soon as he's back in school, you're coming back, right? As soon as he's back in school, you're going to go back to work. And I knew in my heart that that wasn't going to be the case. You know, I just couldn't picture this world where as soon as he was five, I was heading back and I knew that we wanted to have more children and I wasn't going to be a working mom when they, you know, when my, my next child was born. So it was really uncomfortable when people would ask me those questions, not because those were nosy questions or whatever, but because like you said, I was not comfortable in myself to answer, no, I'm doing this and I'm making a commitment to this. And this is what I'm doing now. I think, um, the mistake that moms make is that instead of saying, well, this is what I'm doing now, our brain wants to say instead, this is who I am now. Yeah. And that's, that's the differentiation of, you know, you are not what you do. Your, your worth is not your work. So that is found in God. That's found in Christ alone. Um, you know, your value has nothing to do with that title or the letters behind your name. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the three of us sitting here are writers. And so I wonder if we can just rebrand stay at home mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the weirdest thing to call a person. It's bizarre. If you really think about it, it's like, what does that mean? Like, because I was thinking about it driving over here. I'm like, well, what else would I call it? Like, full-time mom working moms are full-time moms or like I, I don't know I don't know what it, but stay at home mom just has this implication of like I'm staying home and I'm gonna, like I don't know like, it's just weird just, yeah I don't like it yeah yeah you know watching soap operas and eating bonbons yes yes yeah um yeah I I think that I think that that has been a part of like learning how to relate to other people is is and this is stretches out through all of my life, not just this little, because I mean, let's just be honest. We have our kids for 18 years. If you have two kids, you might have them for 20 years. But if you live for 85 years, that's actually only like a small portion of your life. And I put so much emphasis on, um, this is like, I'm, I'm I'm preaching to myself right now and that, that this is the end all be all. Like I have Mm -hmm. to right now, I have to do X, Y, and Z. And if I don't do X, Y, and Z, then my whole life is over. And Rebecca can attest that I do do this. And she's like, you're just turning 40. You're not dying. <laughs> Cause I do. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm turning 40. What have I done with my life? You know? And, and she's like, um, you have lots of life left. You know? You're not dying this year. And so it, it's just, yeah, I like what you said about it. Like not making our work, our work, our work is something that we do, whether it's, we do it at home or we do it outside the home. It's, it's just what we do, but it's not who we are. And I need to kind of like, I need to like, you know, tattoo that somewhere or whatever, but you are not your work because I, my, when I start going down that bad spinning spiral of like depression of, you know, all those years of schooling and I have a master's degree and I'm just wasting, it's just wasting away and all that potential and all that potential is gone Mm -hmm. without realizing that all of that has made me who I am and, and also makes me the mom that I need to be. You know, and yeah, you know, and the friend that I need to be and the church member that I need to be and all of the and to do the podcast that we're doing, even though well, it's part time and all of that stuff. I mean, I think even if it's not coming from like an identity place, it just I mean, I have a degree in communication and I have a culinary degree. And so for me, a lot of times I'm like, 
it's not even like an image thing. Like I want to be able to call myself a chef or whatever. A lot of times I'm just like, well, what was that for? You know, it's yes. just this confusion. It's like, but why did I do all like, I, I'm not using any yeah, of that. You, right? Cause you cook for me and that's why you did it. it was I did. It was for me. <laughs> yes. but like, so there is just that level of like, I'm confused. Yeah. Like you, this is a job that like, you know, being a mother, I mean, God, what he qualifies the called, you know, you don't need like special training. It's on the job training. There's no like class you take. And it's like when we're in this world where we've earned things and like work towards things to then be in a position where you're using like you're on the job, like street smarts training. Yeah. It's just, it's jarring and weird. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It, yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, gosh, I was just thinking my family probably wishes I had a culinary degree. Um, <laughs> Like, um, you like, know what? They wouldn't because they'd be like my children and be like, you didn't cut all the crust off. Oh, like, I'm so glad to hear that even even your children. Yeah. Oh, even, even professional so chef's picky. children. They're yes. so picky. It's <laughs> that's really that's really comforting. That's really comforting <laughs> to hear. Um, yeah. You know, I just think in general, this is something that so many of us struggle with. And it's not... Um, it's just not spoken about a whole lot, you know? And I think when we can realize that God wastes nothing, you know, so the degrees and the things that we have earned along the way, we are still using them, just not in the same way. And it's not in anything, any way that you are going to maybe readily recognize, mm -hmm. but all of those things along the way have, um, have influenced you in some way. And I really, really believe that those things are still being utilized. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I know that my, you know, math classes or whatever I said in college, I'm probably not utilizing those in, in many ways. <laughs> I, I, I will say I that. A, I, I have a biology undergrad degree. I'm pretty sure I'm not using that. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. but yeah, I, mean, I, I think that, you know, all of our life's experiences, they do, they do build upon one another. And I, I really believe that God wastes nothing. And that has been such a huge lesson for me in this period of time, because uh, my husband and I talk about this all the time, especially here lately, is that I went through a really, really dark time. You know, I went through a, a really hard transition and felt so alone and felt like, gosh, nothing good was going to come out of it. I know that he brings beauty from ashes, but this feels like, uh, you know, am I ever going to feel contentment? Am I ever going to get to the other side of this where I feel like I am empowered in my role as a mom and I empowered being a stay at home mom. I mean, I know we, like we said, we hate that term, but, um, can I find, can I find confidence and pride in what I am doing and in this role in my life? And I just think it's really interesting. The more that I wrote about it and the more that I, you know, developed this concept and this idea for writing the book about it, uh, the more I just saw God weaving, a story of beauty through that. And, mm -hmm. and the feeling was just pressed upon my heart that this was something that needed to be shared. And it's something that needed to be talked about. And for whatever reason, I feel like he was telling me to start the conversation. And so I think about it now. I mean, now that it's like, okay, so there's a book now. And that is just mind blowing to me. Because when I think about those nights that I spent, you know, nursing my son, crying and scrolling through Facebook because everybody else had it together. They had it more together than I did. And they had, they had been able to achieve what I somehow had missed along the way. They had been able to keep all the balls in the air and all of mine were dropped on the floor, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I mean, in my mind, I, I think back to that 
And then I know where I am now with, with having a book and, you know, working as a freelance writer and all of that. And I see that God was weaving the story all along. And so I think if anything, I mean, that's the encouragement that, that I can offer others is just that he doesn't waste anything and that he's the God that sees. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sees the tiniest details of our lives and he's always working on our behalf for good. He's always working for good. Even when, you know, we can't, we can't figure it out. Even when we're sweeping up Cheerios and, you know, wiping, you know, popsicle faces and all of that, you know, he, he's seeing it all and he's, he's working it out. He knows the desires that we have uh, in the deepest places of our hearts and he's, he's working on it. You know, he's on it. We just have to kind of trust him, which I haven't always been the best at, but I'm learning that, that he's trustworthy, that he's faithful to answer. Yeah. And I think that's the key right there. What we said at the end is he's trustworthy, um, is that I, um, I know all those things in my head, right? I mean, I went to seminary. I know that God is faithful. Like, I know that God has a plan, that his plan's better. (laughs) Hey, guys, we have a guest dog today. It's not my dog. It's not my dog either. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. It's my five-pound shih tzu that feels like he's going to rule the world. What is his name? Bailey. Welcome, Bailey. Bailey. Yes. Welcome to the show, Bailey. Yeah, normally it's one of, I mean, my dog's asleep and it's shocking. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so um, I know all these things about God being faithful and God being trustworthy, but like to really, truly like dig down and be like, he knows what, what's the plan for me. He knows it. Like Mm -hmm. he knows it. Like to really like dig into that is a lot easier said than done. So I know all those things, right? I know that that God is faithful. I know that he's trustworthy. I know that he has a plan for me. I mean, I know the Bible says all of that. And if I really like talk to myself, I can tell myself that. But like really living into that is the hard part. Like really, like that's a daily thing. That's a daily thing of saying, yes, this is where God has me. Yes, that everything in the past is, is being used. Like it, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't waste anything. Like really getting that down into my bones is the harder part for me because I know I can sit here and tell you this. And I would tell another mom sitting across the table who's a new right. mom and say, God has all of this and he knows his plans for you. And it's all being w- woven together. Right. But, right. but for me to really ingest that and really live that out is like a really hard yeah, me too. for me to, to believe that. Do you feel like you've well, reached it, oh, I was going to say, this is kind of on the road yeah. of what you said about how, like, do you feel like you've like found contentment? Like as you're answering her question, like. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And, and here's, here's what, um, here's what I will say about that. When I was, you know, once I had, I, I talked to a woman once, let me say this. I talked to a woman once that had made the same transition from work to home. And she said, you know, I don't know if I, um, what did she say? She said, I don't know if I ever got over it so much as I just got used to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and, you know, I think what happens is that, you know, we have these transitions and we have to form a new normal. And until we find our new normal, nothing feels settled, right? There's, mm-hmm. there, it's hard to find contentment when you're in the middle, because when you're in the middle, pieces are still in the air and you're not sure what's happening. And so it really wasn't until I was able to feel settled and feel like I had a routine. I, I could kind of foresee what was going to happen in my day, or I, 
um, you know, took some ownership and, and made, you know, Wednesdays, library days and this, that or whatever, and just kind of took ownership of the entire thing. Like, okay, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this instead of feeling like, life was just happening to me. You know, I kind of had to take the reins a little bit. And the other part of contentment that I will say that, um, that was really vital for me. And I feel like it's vital for every woman is to remember that just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you have to devote a hundred percent of your life to that. You still have gifts. You still have things to offer this world you still have things that the world needs. And so, you know, it right now it's really, it's really a hot topic to talk about self care and, and making sure that, that you're doing things for yourself. And absolutely that is, that is absolutely important. And I talk about it in my book a lot, but I think what's, what's equally valuable, if not more is talking with God about what is going to, you know, light your eyes up other than your children. What is it that you have within you that really, really um, inspires you, that fuels your soul, that makes you feel like you've got a pep in your step again? For me, that was writing. For me, I felt like, gosh, when, when I started writing my kids' birth stories on the notes app in my phone, all of a sudden I felt like I came alive again. I felt like there was this other little corner of my life that suddenly was, was open to me again. And I'm not going to lie. The first times that I did that, even that felt a little bit guilt ridden to me because I thought, well, this has nothing to do really with my kids. This is something I'm finding joy in outside of my children. Is that okay? Is it okay to have something that's just for me? Mm-hmm. And I feel like your kids need you to have something that's just for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they need you to have something that's, that's for you and not for anybody else. And it has nothing to do with them. So that would be the other thing I would say about contentment is find something that, that inspires you because we're, yes, we're meant to be moms, but we are also still women with quirks and gifts and, you know, the music that we love and there's no reason that you can't still have that yeah and I think that can that can bleed into community right because when we find what those things are that light our fire so like for you with writing then you found a yeah. writing community and you absolutely community through that um for us starting the podcast mm-hmm. like we didn't really know each other before we started the podcast and now we have this community and yeah and has built more community and same mm-hmm. thing with you know I'm I'm very very involved in my kids school and because that is that it, we've made that decision for our kids to go to this school and because of that we've decided that that's going to be one of my main roles is my mm-hmm. involvement there and a lot of my community is there so I think that once you've you you've you become content with where God has you and then you find where your gifts are that that allow you to step out outside of that role sometimes as a mom, you can, that's an, a good place to find community. And it's hard when you're, Absolutely. when these, you first bring these babies home because like they're, they, they need everything from you and it's hard to find community. And that's where, you know, you just have to really truly lean on God or, you know, your baby center group that you're complaining about your kid not sleeping through the night again. But <laughs> eventually that ends. And then you, yes. can, you can start to find those things that, that God is using you in. And then you can find community from that. And I think, I think all of those things just like bleed one into another. Mm-hmm. And so once we become secure and content in who God, what God is calling us to do, then we can like branch out more. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I thought of something while y'all were talking. Um, you know, that thing where 
you're complaining to your friend and they're like, well, maybe it's time to go back to work. <laughs> or the thing where like, if you're a working mom, this happens to my working mom friends too, or like, God, I miss my kid. Well, maybe you should stay home with him. <laughs> I don't really know what my question is. <laughs> and I'm not just like venting, but I, it really like something in me, it really triggers me when people say that because I'm already insecure about yeah. my position. And then I'm like, I don't know, should I go back to work? Ah, I don't know. And it just, I feel like there's this tendency around us in our society. Like if you're not happy quote mm-hmm. with something, then you should just do the other thing. And right. I, I don't, and this is obviously not like a blanket statement for anyone. Cause everyone is different, but like, I, I know I don't, like I said, I don't feel called to this. I feel assigned to it. I know I'm still assigned to it mm-hmm. for now. Mostly because I have no job prospects. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when people say that, I struggle. I was just wondering, have you guys gotten that? Or like, how do you, because I feel like that's just sort of the attitude. Like, oh, you're not happy being a stay-at-home mom. We'll just go back to work. And it's like, it. it's not just for me, for other people too. I'm like, but what if they're called to do that? And God's like using that. And they're just, you know what I mean? Or what if, some, what if the opposite? What if you're really supposed to be in that job? And you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like I, this happens more in relationship with my husband than with other mm. moms. But you know, it's Chris just says that to me too. Yeah, it's, it, he's like, well, if you're not happy, well then, you know. And I'm like, no, I just want to talk about how I'm not happy, but that doesn't mean I want to change my circumstances, right? So I think it's good that you, that you're building this community or, and and starting this conversation of it's yeah. okay to know that this is where you're supposed to be and still mm-hmm. sometimes struggle in it. Yeah, like it's a yeah. struggle. Yes. Like it, you're not going to be perfectly in 100 percent content all the time you're not going to 100 percent like love all the quality time with you quality time you get with your kid every single time like there we have this moments of where it's hard and Mm -hmm. where we question what we're doing and it's okay to do to question that well yeah i mean i i can remember very very early on uh you know my baby was still in a carrier hanging off of my body and i was just trying to keep him calm you know as we went through the grocery store line and the woman in front of me turning around and being like, well, enjoy every moment because it goes so fast. And I was like, yes, I, I am. I, I'm enjoying every moment. And I put so much pressure on myself to enjoy every moment that I finally was like, I give up. I'm waving the white flag. I am not enjoying every moment. And same as what you were saying about, you know, your husband saying, well, then go back to work. I had the same conversations with my husband where he was seeing me struggle and basically just seeing this like soul gut-wrenching pain that I was going through of like, I can't be there and I can't be here and I can't, I can't be anywhere. Um, and just this deep discontentment of, um, of this. And, and, you know, his response was, we'll find a way for you to go back to work. You know, we'll find a daycare we trust. We'll find somebody, you know, it's okay. You know, and he was trying to fix it. And of course, I would just lash out in anger. Like, how dare you tell me to go back to work? You know that I can't leave this baby. I can't do that, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I think it's just, you know, society does that too, where they say, you know, you need to enjoy every moment. You need to be so 100% satisfied with your life and be happy all the time. But that's not reality. You know, that is not reality. And as much as Instagram wants to convince us, that, you know, life is, is just a beautiful, you know, curated picture of motherhood and children and, you know, running along the, the beach, you know, and, and girls trips with, with other, you know, best friends you've had since you were two and all of this. 
that's not real life mm-hmm. for so many of us. I mean, I talk about that in the book that I, you know, I went to, I went to a Bible study and I literally looked around the room or it was actually the table at Panera at these women. And I'm like, I can't picture, I can't imagine taking a girl's trip with any of these people. I can't can't imagine any of them wearing sun hats and laughing in the sunset. This is not, this isn't going to happen with these people. And I was so quick to like discount because they didn't fit what, what, the image of what I expected or wanted because I had seen so many other people having these experiences, but none of that is, it's not real. It's a lie that we buy into. I feel like it's a lie from the enemy to get us thinking that, that we need those things and that we need anything other than Christ, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like, um, it reminded me since we're talking about keep relating and community that, you know, the community you had at Panera at the Bible study, (laughs) Yeah. Those weren't your forever people, maybe. Right, but, right. But, like, they were what you needed, probably, right? And, like, because I yes. think we put a lot of pressure when we're new moms and we're trying to, like, we're like, I'm going to make that friend and we're going to raise our kids together and it's going to be awesome. And then it's, like, you have nothing in common, but you both know you're just there because you need an adult. And then you're kind of like, yeah. I my kid's old enough to go to school. I'm not going to hang out with you anymore, but let's just sit here and chit-chat. And, it's like, <laughs> and that's okay, you know? But I just, like, right. if there's if we have any listeners who are young and like feel, cause I would feel kind of bad. Like I would be like, Oh, I wonder if they know that like, they're not like, it felt like I was like dating and I was totally going to break up yes. with the guy, but I just wasn't, yeah. him. but it's like, she was probably thinking that too, Yeah. but it's okay to build whatever kind of random community mm-hmm. you need to build yeah. with whoever is there. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not going to look like what you expect it to look yeah. like, or maybe even want it to look like, but I'm a firm believer that God puts people in our lives you know, at certain times that we need, and maybe we don't know why we needed them there, but he does. And those women at Panera, you ended up being, uh, it was a summer Bible study and it ended up being one of the most faith building, um, communities and, um, transformative summers of my life. And I look back at that and I think, so that is why, and it was an intergenerational community. There were women that were had been moms for, you know, 30 plus years. And then, you know, there was me with this new baby at home. And I think building those communities with different aged women and, and, and not limiting yourself to everybody that's in the same life stage as you, because we're meant to live in communities that, that have that, that have those different layers and textures and all of that to it. Yeah, okay. I, we we did a we did a community <laughs> episode. We did a whole community series, but we also did an episode with with single women as well, and talking about and like just part of that conversation was how they need us and we need them, and yeah, um, you know, and we, now we're kind of we can have women above us and women below us that are in different stages, and we can all speak to each other. And so I think that's a good part, a good thing to remember mm-hmm. as it doesn't have to look like all of us who all have the kids the same age, and then you know we raise and our hopefully kids it doesn't because I had nothing to offer for anyone when my kids were like three months old. <laughs> yes, Nothing. Yes. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't even brush my teeth. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, um, detoured came out yes. July. Um, yes. and what is your, the heartbeat behind that book? What do you want? Why do you want women to read it? And what are you hoping will be the result of that? I guess, like what's your heart? Yeah, my prayer for Detoured is just that it gives those of us stay-at-home moms that have struggled while we're in this, you know, role in this season of life, that it will give them a feeling of community, that it will 
allow them to realize that they're not alone in this by any means. There are, you know, women all over that are, that are doing the same thing and that are feeling the same feelings. And so my prayer is just that, um, you know, it's the resource, it's the book, it's the story that I wish I had had in those early days at home when I was experiencing all of that. And so, um, it's been a real joy to be able to, to, um, provide something to other women that are making this transition or that have been a stay at home mom for a while and, uh, just wish they felt more contentment in it. Um, so it's my prayer that, yeah, it, it forms just a feeling of community and, um, and oneness amongst all of us that are doing, doing the, the work of staying, of staying home, even though for many of us, we're rarely home, but yes. yes. <laughs> so what's the full, the full title? So be minivan parent, minivan mom or something. <laughs> yeah, we're on our cars. Yeah, so the full title of the book is Detoured. What's the subtitle? Detoured, the messy grace-filled journey from working professional to stay-at-home mom. Okay, awesome. And so we'll have a link to that in our and show notes. And Jen is giving us a copy for one of you guys. There so you go. We'll yes. So we'll a giveaway yes. um, when this episode Absolutely. comes out. And you can for win sure. a copy of the book, which is really exciting. Yeah, super Thank fun. Thank you, Jen. And no Jen, problem. JenBobacon.com is where everybody can find you. Yes, but I also know that Bobacon is not the easiest name to spell. So if they go to detouredbook.com, they can also find it there. Fabulous. Awesome. And we'll provide all those links in the show notes so that nobody has to like sit there. You know, I know it's really hard to type all, all those letters and it's easier yes. to click a link. Yes. So we'll make sure <laughs> that that's provided. And it was so good to talk to you, Jen. We really appreciate so it. Good. Yes. So good to talk to you guys as well. Thank you so much. Yes. Really excited about this book. Yeah. I think it's going to be very helpful to a lot of people. So yes, <laughs> including us. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I sure hope so. Thanks so much. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye. <laughs>